0: The beauty of the Nikki Haley for president campaign is that it's a national Rorschach blot. If you have any interest at all in the condition of the United States or its future, obviously you are passionately, by definition, opposed to Nikki Haley becoming president because she has no interest in the United States or its future. But if you are completely bought in to the class of people who currently run the country and who are running it into the ground, then you're all in a Nikki Haley because she's, in effect, your puppet. So it's really interesting to see people's reaction to this campaign. And most telling of all, pretty much every permanent fixture in Washington is either supportive of Nikki Haley or isn't saying anything about it. And that brings us to our next guest. He is Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. And as he assessed the presidential race, his reaction was the following. This is a paraphrase, but it's basically what he said. He said, I'm not exactly sure who I'm for. I know very well who I'm against. I'm against Nikki Haley, so against Nikki Haley that— on principle, not personal, that he announced a new movement called Never Nikki. Here's, here
1: it is. So I'm announcing this morning that I'm Never Nikki. and If you go to nevernikki.net, you can let her know that you're not a supporter either. I don't think any informed or knowledgeable libertarian or conservative should support Nikki Haley. I've seen her attitude towards our, inven- our interventions overseas. I've seen her involvement in the military industrial complex. million being paid to become part of the team. But I've also seen her indicate that she thinks you should be registered to use the internet, that people posting ideas anonymously. I think she fails to understand that our republic was founded upon people like Ben Franklin, Sam Adams, Madison, John Jay, and others, who posted routinely for fear of the government. They posted routinely anonymously. So I'm announcing today I'm never Nikki. You can go to nevernicky.net and sign up and show her that you're Never Nikki. also.
0: So it's one thing to find Nikki Haley distasteful to acknowledge that she's a bloodthirsty feminist harpy who should be nowhere near power. Most reasonable people have reached that conclusion. But to start a website, Never Nikki suggests a level of anti-Nikki commitment that's interesting and worth talking about. Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky joins us now. Senator, thanks so much for coming on. So let's start at the end. What what moved well, thank you? you? I don't I don't think you're being paid to do this. You're not getting, you know, extra points. You're already a US senator. Why why were you so inflamed by her campaign that you built this website?
1: Well, you know, never nobody ever accused me of going halfway into anything. Fair. And it really it gets to me at a at a very basic level, it gets to me when I see people who I think care more about the borders of Ukraine than they care about our own southern border. And I see these people every day because they're the entire Democrat caucus up here, but they're half of my caucus. Half of my Republican caucus is, as we speak, ready to sell out, and they're ready to sell out fake border reform in exchange for what they really want, which is to send more of your tax dollars to Ukraine. I think Nikki Haley fits right in that camp. I think she's from the the McConnell-Dick Cheney wing of the party, and this is the antithesis of everything I believe in. I've spent uh, a few years trying to promote the ideas of liberty. There is a wing of the party that believes in that. And I want to make sure anybody that follows what I do knows that there's no way, shape, or form I could support Nikki Haley.
0: You've written a book called Deception, the Great COVID Cover-Up. What do you think was covered up about COVID?
1: Uh, The fact that the U.S. government, at the behest of Anthony Fauci, funded it. Uh, the fact that they knew it was dangerous research and that they did not allow the research to go before the normal safety committee. See, we paused this dangerous research, they call it gain of function research, where you combine parts of two different viruses and you get a brand new super virus that has never before existed. It's brand new, it doesn't exist in nature. You have created it, which is an amazing thing, but not a good thing. When you create these viruses, there's a danger, they leak out from the lab. But we had funded that, so between 2014 and 2016, people became very worried that scientists were now aerosolizing, taking a virus that was 50% lethal, like Ebola, that spreads by bodily fluids like AIDS, so it's not as contagious, just like sitting in a room, and saying, well, why don't we see? Hey, let's see if we can mix it with this other virus and see if we can make it aerosolized. They were doing that with the avian flu. The avian flu is deadly, but it mostly kills chickens, doesn't infect humans very well, but they're like, hmm wonder if we can make the avian flu more infectious and see if we can transmit it through the air, and then they did. They did eight targeted mutations, and so people freaked out. The whole scientific world did around 2012. 2014 to 16, they banned it, but during this period of time, Anthony Fauci continued to give exemptions to it. But here's the curious thing. The research in Wuhan is going on during this time. We've been funding research in China for a long time, but we keep funding it during the ban but we can't find records of how they got the exemption. We know it had to go through Anthony Fauci. He says approved all of this research. We can't find it. They won't give us the deliberations. They also set up a committee in 2017. They secretly reopened the door, no more ban, but there was a new committee, a pandemic safety committee that was supposed to review this. There's no way this research shouldn't have gone before the committee. And it didn't go before the committee. All of a sudden it just, boom, it was getting done. So, for three years, I've been asking, I want to see the deliberations that happened at the NIH. None of this is classified, it's just science research. It's now five years old. I want to see de- deliberations on how you made and who made the decision to fund the research in China. But I still can't get it. So, there's a, an elaborate cover up. So, I became intrigued in this. The first year, 2020. You know, I was skeptical of Fauci. I told him he was stupid to close the schools. I opposed him on everything from the beginning. I opposed the lockdowns. I opposed the bailouts. I was the only one on the Senate floor. I went back after I recovered from COVID and said no loudly. It was a voice vote. I was the only no on all that stupid stuff where people stole hundreds of billions of dollars. Dead people got a billion dollars of COVID money. I was the only no on the Senate floor. But as I was opposing this, We're still, I became intrigued as the six months to a year when I was like, wow, I read this article by uh, Nicholas Wade on medium.com. Once again, he was banned from everything. He used to be a New York Times writer, banned everywhere. I read this like 25-page story and I'm like, oh my God, they created this in a lab. And i began investigating this and became intrigued by it but then what really got me to write the book was i saw this exchange of emails between anthony fauci on january 31st feeding into february 1st of 2020. they start about five or six o'clock in the afternoon and it's a crescendo and you know as you as you read something even if it's not stated in words You can feel the tension build, you can feel his fear build, and you can see his heart clenching up like this. The last email's at three in the morning. And at three in the morning, he emails a guy named Bob Cadillac. I didn't know who Bob Cadillac was. Other people knew him, but I didn't know who he was. And Bob, I'm sending this article here, you know, sort of in the middle ground, but it was an article basically saying, nothing to see here. This came from nature, not the lab. At three in the morning, he can't sleep at three in the morning. About a year later, we're now two years into this, I meet Bob Cadillac, and he was working for the Senate committee, the Republicans, doing a report on the origins of the virus. And I said, Bob, why did you get that email? And he says, well, I was in charge of the safety committee, the pandemic committee that should have reviewed the Wuhan. And he didn't say this, but my my implication is he's sending him an email because he's going to discover that the research that caused the virus was supposed to go before his committee and he never saw it. So the the, the the as things come together come together to me it is the greatest cover up in our history a million people died in the United yes. States maybe 20 million 10 15 20 million worldwide and it was funded by government approved by Anthony Fauci and then the cover up and there's a lot more in the book we go through all the different articles the scientific articles in nature and in lancet where they came together and they lied The people all said it was a conspiracy theory, but they didn't reveal that they were receiving money in this.